And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. (laughs) He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. (laughs) Welcome to the Week of Heat. Yeah. Gary, how are you? Doing good. Happy Monday. Thank you so much. Uh, lots uh, going on. Let's see what was going on at the uh, the White House uh, mm. on Friday. Here we go. Can I follow up on that? Okay. Girl, I just called in somebody. Go ahead. Yeah. So, but I mean, so Kirby wouldn't answer James's question, though. Are you going to answer the question? Not a reasonable question to ask when the President of the United States was involved, as this message seems to suggest, in some sort of a coercive conversation for business dealings by a son. Is that something, if he wasn't, then maybe you should tell us. So that. here's the thing, I, and I appreciate the question. I believe my colleague uh, at the White House Council uh, has answered this question already, has dealt with this, has uh, uh, made it very clear. I just don't have anything to share outside of what my colleagues have shared, uh, and so I would refer you to him and the, D- and the DOJ. Just not going to comment from here. I will, what I can tell you is I know that my colleague has dealt with this. He, he uh, addressed this at the White House Council. I just don't have anything else to share. I just, I just answered the question. I just answered the question. Yes or no, was the president involved in the shakedown attack? Stephen, 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 I just answered the question. I just said, I just, this is, it's not up to you how I answer the question. I just answer the question by telling you my colleagues at the White House Council has dealt with this, and I would refer you to them. Go ahead. Can you just remind us what your colleague said from the White House Council so we have it? I would, I, would, I would refer you to them, and they will share their statement with all of you. My question is about is your anything? statements from that podium. You've stated that the president stands by his comment from the 2020 campaign that he never once discussed his son's overseas business dealings with his son. And you stood at that podium, and you reaffirmed that. Do you stand by your reaffirmation? What I will say is nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. And I will leave it there. Anything else, I will refer you to the White House Counsel. This is not a change? I just answered the question. You asked, You just asked me, do, does my statement change? I just told you nothing has changed. That's answering the question. Go ahead. <laughs> so the, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, listen, yeah. I've answered que- I Listen, I, I got to go. Well, the thing we had said Thursday... 
is when is this thing eventually going to blow up? And, you know, when when is the media finally going to say, okay, there's so much blood in the water? And then you had Merrick Garland come out and say, basically, he stands by his statement. He didn't do anything at all. Mm -hmm. And then the whistleblower came out with the specific meeting time and date and how many people were in the room. Yeah. When Weiss said, I can't make these decisions. Right. And then no response from the Department of Justice after that comment. You know, this is the problem that they have with, um, you know, because we'd, we'd been asking from the beginning, where's Merrick Garland? Where's uh, Director Ray at the FBI? Where are they stepping up to the podium? They should have done that right away. Him standing up at the podium the other day now looks like desperation because you waited way too long to do that. You look like you're reacting to something, and, and then right which a- you are. And then right after he did that is when the whistleblower came out, when the Republicans came out, Here's what the here's the whistleblower's response yep. uh, to that, and, yep. and we'll get to the specifics of it. Basically, it was like, and, and I'm doing this from memory. On October 7, twenty twenty two, there was a meeting. There were six people there, and whites, and it was like, whoa, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, they're ready. Yeah, Garland responds in the generalities. They hit back with uh, with the uh, uh, you know specifics. You know, the other story coming out that the one bank account tied to Biden. Uh, what was it uh, within? Um, Oh, uh, within uh, days uh, after it, $5 million uh, went into that account. Mm-hmm. Bank account uh, linked to President Biden's son Hunter received more than $5 million in August of 2017, shortly after threatening messages in which he said he was sitting here with his father yeah. to a Chinese, uh, uh, you know, uh, associate. Now, the the problem with Karine Jean-Pierre, is I'm sticking by the statement he knows nothing about his son's business affairs they're not buying it. Nobody's no, nobody's, no, nobody's buying, buying it. it. And right. and we knew that we knew that wasn't going to happen. We and I didn't know what her new narrative was going to be. And basically, it's the old narrative. It's just deny, 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 and then get very irritated that you dare ask these questions that I am so clearly answering. <laughs> yeah, right. And and it's so lame because that we're so far past this. All of the now the mainstream media isn't putting this on their evening news. They're not covering this like they should be covering it. But the mainstream media, a lot of the mainstream media is still covering it nonetheless. And everybody in that room every day sitting in front of her, they they each have a million questions, and that's because they let it go this far. And it should have been the firewall from the beginning. I mean, you're going to lie because it's the only thing they can do. But from the beginning, had they come out, all of these allegations are false. The president is innocent. The charges against his son, we, we've known for a while that was going on, but the president is innocent. They could have built that firewall from day one, and they didn't. And then they finally step up days after Hunter is indicted. And they just decide they're going to, I don't know, it was, it it felt like a weak punt. They didn't even, it wasn't even a good denial. And then, like I said, the immediate reaction from the whistleblower. Yeah. You know, times and dates and here's what is said. Right. And it's like, okay, we need to hear from Weiss. Right. And, And it's funny because... And this is the thing that we talked about last week. Why are Hunter Biden's lawyers making it sound like the investigation is is not 
going on anymore, but the Department of Justice still says the investigation is going on. Right. That's yeah. the way you keep Weiss from testifying is mm-hmm. by saying the investigation is still going on. Yeah. And, and just keep well, the investigation is going on so nobody can come forward uh, on this. And we can't answer any questions because the investigation is going on. When every indication you get from the Hunter Biden lawyers is, no, the investigation is done. Yeah, right. And it's and so it's not you. You saw it. You know, you saw it there. You cannot have the blue whale pod in the living room. No. And say and be the presidential spokesperson and say, I'm not going to answer any questions on it. Well, what about what you have stated here at the podium? Right. Well, I stand by that. You stand by that the president had no idea. I've, I've already answered your question. I've answered your question. You can tell. But it doesn't It doesn't go anywhere else. You can't. You, you're not giving them anything. You're not giving <laughs> the mainstream media, the liberal media, they're wanting a talking point right. that makes some kind of sense, and you can't give it to them. Right. No, was, and, it, and, you know, that's why you, you know, start with a big firewall. The president is innocent. This is clearly the GOP trying to go after him. They don't have anything else on him. Blah, blah, blah. He's doing such a great job. This is the only thing they can well, throw that's, at him. That's for the I last mean, couple of weeks. They've been using that the last couple of well, weeks. Well, but, but, but they didn't start with that, and that's right. the problem. Right. They they just they're just now stepping up to the podium. Yeah, I don't after think, all this time, I don't think because of what's come out, anything works. Well, no, anything nothing might, works. Nothing because, works now because right. they, they initially tried. Didn't, I mean, the initial response was, "We're not even going to go to whether he's innocent. We're simply going to say that the president had nothing to do with it whatsoever. He doesn't and his know is, anything. Right, yeah, he doesn't know. Anything he doesn't know about anything it, about was, even the legal stuff because right. this is all legal. He was just right. a drug addict, right? And he was, well, then what's his business? What business was he in? Mm-hmm. And so this thing keeps, Democrats are scared, uh, you know, the S word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Soupless. Soupless, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, here, I mean, look at that. Let's, let's uh, play. I want to go to, Ch- this is Chuck Todd the other day. I believe this was on, on Friday. Chuck Todd, mm-hmm. here we go. And to add to all of that, the legal issues surrounding the president's son, Hunter, the latest of which is an accusation by two credible IRS whistleblowers claiming misconduct by the Department of Justice and the FBI during the investigation of Hunter Biden. According to transcripts released by the Republican-led House and Ways and Means Committee, one of those whistleblowers, who, by the way, was questioned both by Democrats and Republicans on that committee, former senior IRS agent Gary Shapley, he alleged that Hunter Biden received preferential treatment from the DOJ. Shapley asserts that the Trump-appointed U.S. attorney leading the probe was blocked in his efforts to charge Hunter Biden with more serious crimes than the tax-related misdemeanors Biden agreed to plead guilty to earlier this week. Now, that in itself. Now, he did uh, uh, say after that that, uh, you know, with the, the, the president being in the room and all the, that accusation, well, uh, yeah, the accusation is this, but, it, but it's got nothing to do with China. Mm-hmm. So now the goalposts have moved. Yeah, it has nothing right. to do with the fact that he took a bribe from the Chi- the, a Chinese official, even though uh, that is a Chinese Communist Party member, and as we know, it's the same like with the, the oligarchs in, um, you know, and that's why you call them oligarchs, for example, in Russia. That we'll get right. to here in a little bit what's going on there is because right. Right. the oligarchs only exist because they agree with Putin. Yeah. If they don't agree with Putin, the oligarchs don't exist, right. which is basically, you know, they, th- that's why we don't say 
just say Russian billionaire. You say oligarch because it's all tied into you become a billionaire based on the fact that you have the approval to do what you want by the dictator of that country. Right. And and, and, the, and the quid right. pro quo is that he gets rich off of you. Exactly. Everybody, everybody, you know, everybody greases the yeah. wheel. Right. Uh, the palm, whatever. And so mm-hmm. uh, and so that's what you've got, you know, uh, with China, the same thing. But you could just tell uh, he's trying to move. I burst out laughing when I heard that the other day where he said, but it's got nothing to do with China. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, right. And and so uh, you can tell the goalposts are already moving and they don't know where to go with it now. And that's part there. You know, you still will see some effort to try to just say, this is Hunter. This is only Hunter. This is Hunter. But you really can't say there's nothing that ties it to Joe. No, because then you're ignoring the other whistleblowers that, you know, the other whistleblowers that are saying they took a five million dollar bribe. Right. Each right from the head of Burisma, Look. so so you can't so you can't do that. So it's narrowing how the mainstream media can protect them, and they're looking for answers from the White House, and they can't get. They're looking for their talking points, and they can't get any. Well, and that's the thing is that you start with this ultimate lie. I don't know anything about my son's dealings, and you stay with it. Well, that does nothing but build curiosity. How could you not know? All they were looking for from the beginning is talking points. And it's not just this issue. It's every issue. They show up every day. You're not giving us anything to carry to our subscribers, our readers, our viewers. You're not giving us anything. You're not working with us at all. And this is how it's done. And we've been talking about that for the longest time. But the problem with this, that ultimate lie, I don't know anything. I don't know anything. Right. There's no way you don't know anything. Give us something. Give us something. It's, we don't know where to go. I mean, USA Today is there sitting and saying, we got to get something. Give us something. Oh, uh, DeSantis is racist because he says basketball players are tall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I mean, they're looking for, you know, just anything out there because it's just a, a complete disaster. Wait, wait, what's Obama saying? Is Obama saying something? Right, what Obama? Oh, really, nobody cares about him anymore. Yeah. No, you've built up this this thing that's just been going on and on and on and on. And now with the whistleblowers, you can't deny. And here's the other thing, too. The media's in that room every day asking questions. Look at the countless sources that they have inside the FBI likely inside the IRS, inside every government agency, the media, the liberal media has countless sources. Where Where is the just the, the barrage of, of massive, countless stories from those sources shooting down the credibility all along the way? You're seeing a couple of attempts here and there, but you really can't do that. And the reason they know they can't do that is because they don't want to die on the Biden Hill. Biden has been useless to them, well, pretty much since January 20th of 2021. That was it. They wanted somebody to defeat Trump. It didn't matter who. 
and everything else is a puppet move from Biden. They they don't care about Biden. The majority of them don't want him to run next year. Guys, you know any any uh, you know Republican out there in the act of desperation last week with everything going so bad for them was the well the guy that owned the uh, sub company you know he donated to Republicans yeah. What the hell did that have yeah. to do with anything? And, you know he 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 gave to George he gave to George Bush mm-hmm. in ninety one. Mm-hmm. Right. What does that have yeah. to do with the time, with a submarine imploding? Right. But I mean, this is how desperate right. they. It's like they're. I can imagine. We just got to get something. Get what? 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 Check and see who that sub owner right donated to right politically yeah that's what we need here we've right. got to find something negative about the republicans this week right anything which is just bizarre and twisted really. I, it is just twisted it really i mean it's just what a what a really uh well we've had an interesting uh turn of events haven't we yeah but i thought when garland came out i said okay they finally felt that they had a respond yeah it just no, they, got they, so it big. It was clear the pressure and, was and the, just too and, big. And then I went, okay. And the response was almost immediate. Now, it could have been a number of hours because I was actually trying to golf in the rain so and pay attention the other day. Mm. But when I saw the whistleblower responded saying, no, here's – and we'll get to the specifics of it in a little bit. Here's the meeting. Here's when it took place. Mm-hmm. Here's how many people were there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, he's – I mean, it was – it was – they're they're prepared. And, and when you saw – who was it came out and said – you know, we're thinking about Garland and impeachment here. Forgot who said yeah, that. Yeah, I forget who said that. Yeah. But I mean, you look at you you look at all of it. They can't deny this. Director Ray can't deny it, and Mayor Garland can't deny it. And and now it's on them, which it was bound to be. If you're and this is the problem, if you're going to stand to defend and work to hide things for the current president. Expect that when things go down, it's going to affect yeah. you. Is It comes down to this. Is this insane sense of loyalty uh, for someone who is helping to destroy your party worth right. it? Right. Exactly. 866-90-RED-EYE. Every driver knows the cost of replacing tires is a major expense. What if you could save on tire costs without sacrificing performance or safety? Consider retreads, a sustainable, cost-effective way to rack up your miles. You may already know that retread tires offer a cost savings, but what else do you know about them? You may be surprised to learn that more than 80% of all aircraft tires in the U.S. today are retreads. From fighter jets to school buses, retreads move some of the most important cargo across many industries. They can also help you move your load, too. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed. Brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. Bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find 
great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Mm, interesting things in uh, Russia. Yeah, over, over the uh, uh, the weekend. The... So it it looked like there was going to be maybe a coup. Uh, there was some resistance, uh, and you know, which which hmm. I I wondered how much of it I don't know was staged. Along the way, because it seemed to escalate and then die down very quickly. And typically, you don't see that from from Putin. If Putin wants to go after somebody, he doesn't have a problem reaching them. And this is the Russian oligarch who essentially... Bergosian. Who wanted to, you know, basically um, said he wanted to stop the madness. He wanted to stop Putin. And then he was able to capture territory and then... As he started to make his move, everything just died down and then quickly went away. Seemed to disappear. Five hours a night. And still not enough. Listen to our podcast available on the app and on our website, RedEyeRadioShow.com. And he is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. You know, I just, there's so many different articles. I forgot, uh, was it, I forgot where I read it over the weekend that said nobody really knows what's going on. There's really not reliable sources inside of Russia right now. Right. Very few people know what's uh, what's going on and it's I, not like we have uh american or even any western media sources mm-hmm. really embedded there we just you just kind of have to wait for it to spill over and come out and you still don't know how much is accurate um but Prigozhin, uh who is this russian oligarch uh on friday it looked like there was going to be an all-out coup um uh, this is 
the Wagner Group has been around for quite some time, and but it was you know has been thought that the Wagner Group, uh, in alliance with with Russian leadership, has been like a strong arm, like an enforcer. They've been right. using basically right. the right. Wagner Group to do a lot of their enforcement, mercenary arm, mercenary type you know work, and and so uh, Prigozhin just basically on on Friday was. Uh, you know, very vocal um, about Putin. Um, it appeared he was going to make the run. And and this is kind of what a lot of people, you and I have even talked about it, thought would happen if there was going to be any kind of end to the war on Ukraine, mm-hmm. that it was going to happen internally. Um, and while he's not, Prigozhin is not official, he kind of is. He's about as close as you get to somebody like Vladimir Putin. In fact, I would say he's closer than probably uh, most, if not all, of his ah, top generals. A military oligarch. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> Since you've yeah. been on the oligarch. Um, he's a guy who made his well, billions in with food. In fact, they call him the chef because he supplies uh, the Kremlin uh, with a ton of food. And, you know, that's kind of how it works. Well, um, what, uh, Russia's it, propped up by these oligarchs. Yeah, it, it, it first came out that he... Um, that his main beef was the fact that Russia attacked his base. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that ever turned out to be true. I didn't see, you know, that was the first thing. Then it was, okay, uh, they're, you know, they're marching towards Russia and Putin is gone, but he doesn't want Putin. He just wants to remove the defense ministers. And I'm like, well, you can't do one well, without that's, the right, other. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, you have like, to take the, the head off if you're going right, to do this right. And yeah. and so I, I I think that what you could say is what came out of this is Putin is weaker. Well, that's that I think that's, that's you, the, the, you could, yeah, the, the, the takeaway really is, is that it demonstrated how weak Putin really is. I was um, this uh, last week and, and I didn't mention on the air because it, it was just something that I happened to watch, but it was an interview with, Constantine uh, Kissin, the Russia, uh, the Russian British, uh, you know, comedian. He was born in Russia. Mm. Oh yeah, 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 born yeah. in Russia. Yeah. A really funny guy. He, he actually became. He went viral with the speech at Oxford that he gave. Mm. That we had played part of it about what yeah. four, five, six months ago. Mm-hmm. But I saw him being interviewed, and he said, he said, the thing about everybody around the world is they really don't understand Russia. Yeah, and right. and he was stating, he said, because he went back to when Russia crumbled and what happened. You know, why why did Russia go from crumbling to having a dictatorship again? And the way he lined it out, you know, that, that you know, why Putin has the power right now was because he said, imagine being in a country. And I th- and I, we could all relate to this, like here in the United States, where one day everything was fine, and the next day you had nothing. Doesn't matter what level of society you were on. Yeah, you yeah. had yeah. nothing because everything was gone. Your bank accounts were gone. Your everything was gone on that day. You didn't have anything. One day you had it. The next day you didn't. And it created absolute chaos, he said, for the next six or seven years 
until Putin came in in 99. And then what did Putin do? As he said, he said he simply nationalized the corruption. That's what happens in Eastern Europe. You come in and you nationalize the corruption. The government take the corruption doesn't go away. It's just nationalized. So there's less violence. Yeah. And so people saw that there was less violence. And, you know, then Putin became popular. Now, he wasn't. This is an interview done months ago. I think this was the beginning of going into, uh, you know, you Ukraine. But I one of the points that I think and I didn't get a chance. It was like a three hour long discussion. I only watched probably the first hour and a half uh, uh, of it. And uh, but uh, I I got to thinking that what he was implying was as long as, you know, Putin succeeds quickly, uh, uh, you know, in um, Ukraine, then he should be okay. But if he doesn't and the people feel it, they go back. That's He said that's how he said Russians have always been in some form of dictatorship or one system party. They don't know anything else. All they know is I'm okay even if it's minimum sustenance. I'm okay. It's either, you know, we're – getting by, or complete chaos. right? And so they want the, and it was really interesting talking about the psychology. And I remember it was something that I had talked about way, way back then when the, you know, with the fall of the, of the Soviet Union. You're like, you know, how do you make it work? How do you make it work when it goes from, you know, from order, even if you have to work the job that somebody tells you to work, that's still better when you make the comparison between that and complete chaos in one day, that's a situation that Russia has. Yeah. Um, and it's it's just weird how it just kind of rose so quickly on Friday and then Saturday just died so quickly. You know. Um, that's where they apparently is, the deal with Belarus or whatever. Yeah. Where, you know, and, and like I said, and when I was reading comments, like, you know, everybody's sort of guessing on it. So the U.S. intelligence was briefed on it 24 hours before that it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so they and it's just like one thing about Russia. Nobody really knows what's going on. And it's like you're going to see, you know, it's like uh, Republicans are going to say we succeeded. Democrats are going to say we succeeded. DeSantis is going to say, hey, I called this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trump is going to say that's why we shouldn't be at war whatsoever in it. And he mm-hmm. said everybody's just throwing out stuff, but nobody really knows what's going on inside of russia he goes you cannot find the hardest thing right now is finding credible sources that you can deal with inside the government right so you really don't know what's going on they go it's one of the hardest things uh you know and this was a russian expert saying this is one of the hardest things right now is figuring out what's going on because you can't trust anybody yeah yeah no it um sort of sort of like uh sort of like the mainstream media in the united states Right. Well, you know, and I thought, okay, if 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 any of this is overplayed, how much of it is, of course, you would want to do that and feed it to Western media. That's the idea. Get it out there to create whatever sentiment you're trying to create in the minds of whoever the target is. I'm guessing uh, the leadership in Ukraine, number one. Um, But. The problem with it is, if if that were the case, it failed drastically in that it created more of a a thought 
which has been there for quite some time now, that Putin is weak. And that if it were the case, you know, Prigozhin was promoting that it was, what, um, twenty? they had 25,000, mm-hmm. were, were 25,000 strong. That's not a small amount of boots. And if that were the case, then we already know that the Russian uh, military is, is right now just flailing because they just simply don't have the supplies. They don't have what and, they need. And, and so you that that's the thought that goes through my mind. And I wish that, uh, you know, the uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to get into the politics of where the intelligence agencies have been focused mm-hmm. over the over the last couple. Well, I mean, I'm yeah, sure. We, how much the, do we trust? And, right? At least the man, our, our management of our in, intelligence services out there. But the big question I have is seeing how quickly the troop movements were there and they took over the one city and then were heading, you know, to Moscow. And there was actually saying, OK, they may be able to accomplish this. They could right. accomplish this thing right, right now. Right. And yeah. it was like, you know, what happened? And, you know, what happened? What turned it around so quickly? And then you ask yourself, how powerful is Russia? Besides yeah. the nuclear weapons that they have, how powerful really is their military? You know, how, and the, you don't know, but there are great, great questions to, to, uh, to be uh, asked. And, you know, look, it's the, the same thing as what we said about uh, the whole Ukraine and, and Russia situation. Uh, we believe that at every turn you have to stop Russia. I mean, they're a, they're a dictatorship, and uh, uh, Putin is not good. The problem is when you deal with Ukraine, and Konstantin Kissin was talking about it too, he goes, well, no, all the former, you know, Eastern blocks, maybe except for, you know, Germany, and he mentioned a couple of others, you know, Lithuania, for example, that weren't apart. They didn't have the long history that Russia has, you know, of, of, uh, of, of uh, corruption. He said, uh, of course, they're corrupt. Yeah. He goes, they, they nationalize corruption is what they do. The dictator gets in there or the president gets in there, whatever, Ukraine, and they nationalize corruption. So is there corruption in Ukraine? Well, we're sort of dealing with that right now with a uh, Hunter Biden situation, are we not? (laughs) Right. And and so you look at it, it goes, the corruption is there. And he said, you have to understand where they're coming from as countries compared to where we come from. And the people will give support just for order and minimum sustenance yeah right where right you know we we well we wouldn't be most western countries would not and he goes and that's what the complicated thing is is who at you know where are the power bases what are they really who's really controlling things and he goes and it's tough to get a read right because you can't trust anything anybody says well this is one of the things that would that if it happened the way it was reported in the media with Prigozhin, uh you know maybe it was to send a strong message to putin hey get rid of your uh defense minister and you need to realign you know at the top because rostov the the the, the southern city that Prigozhin took is a main hub for commodities it's oil it's grain it's gas and diesel and by capturing that city alone, you're at least momentarily, I mean, we know it now was momentarily, choking out the Kremlin. You're sending a loud message because at that point, with all the pipelines and everything uh, that come out of Rostov, the grains 
and everything that's that's processed through Rostov and, and goes through Rostov, if you have that, I, I compare it to Mosul. When Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, he captured Mosul for three years. And the reason they went for Mosul is because it was the hub for energy in that region. Mm-hmm. And that, that was their chance to become a caliphate. If, if ISIS were to become a caliphate, they would need that kind of control over equipment and energy. Well, in the case of Rostov, that was the message being sent. And maybe that was just, you know, get it in line. Keep in mind, Putin has fed money. He is controlled by these oligarchs. He doesn't have the money and resources they do. But collectively, those who, if you're going to be upset with them, if all of a sudden you're going to turn on them, you send a message by cutting them off and choking them out. And that clearly was the attempt on Friday. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Check. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, uh, good morning. Uh, coming up, we will look at uh, the uh, the latest in the Hunter Biden situation. I'm telling you, Friday was just monumental in the whole thing. Uh, yeah. Because you finally had a response because Justice Department wasn't responding at all to anything. Well, all of a we sudden, were... boom, there's, there's uh, Garland coming out and standing up there saying, nope, nope, I didn't interfere with anything. And then right after that, the whistleblower comes on, and we'll give you the specifics of what the whistleblower mm-hmm. actually reported yeah. after Garland yeah. said that, because it's like, oh, now well, we're getting into the minutia. Yeah, because now you've waited for this process to get to this point. Had Merrick Garland, and we fully expected in the first couple of days that he was just going to come out and make a short statement. It's not true. I've heard the allegations. None of them are true. I'm not taking any questions. And then move on. Because at that point, you hadn't had the hearings. At that point, you had, I don't think the depositions were even done. They weren't through uh, on Capitol Hill with the depositions. So at that point, at least you could put something out there and not get the response that you got on Friday, which was immediate. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. 
Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Just chuckling here. <laughs> Wall Street Journal lead editorial yesterday. Hunter Biden's fair tax share. <laughs> <laughs> President Biden has campaigned far and wide that America's rich should pay their fair share of taxes. We agree. And he's giving the Internal Revenue Service billions more to enforce it. Does that include his son Hunter among the rich uh, who should pay what they owe? The question is highly relevant after last week's <laughs> underreported testimony from two IRS whistleblowers about their investigation of Hunter's taxes. Hunter agreed to plead guilty last week to two misdemeanor charges of willful failure to pay some $200,000 in tax for the years 2017 and 2018. But the two whistleblowers testifying under oath before the House Ways and Means Committee revealed details of Hunter's tax maneuvering that makes a mockery of his father's tax moralizing. The agency or the agents reported that an IRS team in 2022 finalized a document of some 80 pages recommending that Hunter be charged with tax violations for each of his six tax returns from 2014 through 2019. Remember, they're only saying he needs to pay. The only thing in the misdemeanor is 2017 and 2018. You and I asked those questions before. Well, it doesn't seem like the amount of money. That's because it's not. IRS supervisory agent uh, uh, Gary Shapley said Hunter's 24 and 2415 returns involved a scheme to evade his income taxes through a partnership with a convicted felon. At issue was the $83,000 a month Hunter received to sit on the board of Burisma, the Ukrainian energy company. A second anonymous whistleblower explained that in 2014, Hunter arranged a series of sham transactions so he didn't have to report any of the money he earned from Burisma, about 400000 in 2014. Now, this is all the information has come out since they said two misdemeanors for 2017 and 2018, which you and I questioned immediately. So wait a minute yeah. here. Yeah. The whistleblowers say Hunter directed Burisma to pay his money to Rosemont Seneca uh, or RSB, an entity owned by his business partner, Devin Archer, who was convicted of fraud in 2018. They say RSB would send the money to Hunter, who then booked it as a loan. Now, I mean, this is <laughs> what they're reporting here. These allegations are absolute tax evasion. This isn't because... I'm a drug addict, and I don't know what I'm doing. Right. One obvious tax problem <laughs> explains a second whistleblower is that you can't loan yourself your own money. Oh. Mr. Shapley says this loan ruse is a textbook evasion scheme, something I learned at basic training. When someone claims a payment is a loan for tax purposes, the IRS looks for three things. You've got to have a promissory note. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, this is like, this is, I'm sorry, this is like talking to children, you know, we we go through this. You have to have a promissory note, you have to have defined interest, and you've got to have repayments, Mr. Shapley said. In Hunter's case, none of those were included in the loan. RSB also booked the payment as an expense, meaning that even the two parties didn't treat it the same way. 
The committee also released an email showing that another Hunter Biden business partner, Eric Schwerin, told Hunter in 2017 that Hunter had unreported Burisma income and needed to amend the 2014 uh, returns. Hunter ignored the warning and later that year ended his relationship with Mr. Sherwin. Wow. Hmm. The second whistleblower says 2014 records showed RSB paid more than 10000 in Hunter Hunter's medical bills and purchased a $142,000 Porsche for Hunter's benefit via other money from another businessman. The whistleblower says Hunter did not report this as income. So here's the thing. They're not just giving generic stuff. You know, the Department of Justice, come, we're only going to charge for misdemeanors. They're coming out saying... He did this. He did this. He evaded taxes in 2014. What about all these other years that he avoided taxes? Well, we, You're just ignoring those? We, we said when the charges came down, that can't be the end of it. You can't be closing the door on this. But, you know, that was the only way to give him a sweetheart deal was, was to ignore everything else. Right. Now, what they're saying is the statute of limitations ran out because mm. of the delay. That's why they uh-huh. delayed it. Right. The IRS team that recommended Hunter be prosecuted on felony charges of tax evasion for 2014 and false tax filings and a misdemeanor charge for 2015 of failure to pay tax. Yet because the U.S. attorney waited so long to make this decision, the six-year statute of limitations expired. Thus, Hunter won't pay taxes on more than 400000 in unreported income for these three years. Pay your fair share, Democrats claim. <laughs> Mr. Shapley says the purposeful exclusion of the 2014 and 2015 years sanitized the most substantive criminal conduct and concealed material facts. Also notable are Hunter's filings in 2018 and 2019, for which the IRS team also recommended felony charges of tax evasion and false returns. The second whistleblower testified that Hunter underreported his income for 2018 by anywhere between 267000 to $500,000, depending on how conservatively the IRS counted. He did this, claims the whistleblower, by falsifying business deductions. The whistleblower says this included deducting thousands paid to, a no-show, to no-show employees, including a prostitute that Hunter claimed was a West Coast assistant. Is that hmm. the new term for a prostitute? West Coast <laughs> assistant? Well... I got some business this week, and I got to go visit my West Coast assistant. I need need some help with my West Coast. How much is that going to cost me? He deducted (laughs) $10,000 for a golf club member deposit. Money the IRS said went to pay for a sex club. He deducted $30,000 for a a child's Columbia University tuition. He also deducted a hotel room for who agents believe to be one of his drug dealers, hotel rooms for his girlfriend at the time, and two nights at a hotel for his dad, uh, Joe Biden. So Mm. there you go. I mean, that's just, again, Hunter Biden's fair share tax or fair tax share. Yeah. Uh, Then over the weekend, this from the New York Post, attorneys for the IRS whistleblower Gary Shapley escalated a war of words with Attorney General Merrick Garland, who has disputed allegations that officials inside the Department of Justice hamstrung their own probe into Hunter Biden. Shapley has insisted that David Weiss, a U.S. attorney from Delaware, handling the case was not allowed to pursue certain charges against Hunter Biden and made multiple unsuccessful attempts 
to elevate himself to the rank of special prosecutor to get around the problem. On Saturday, Shapley demanded Garland reconcile the denials with the available evidence. Quote, in an, in an October 7, 2022 meeting with the Delaware U.S. Attorney's Office, U.S. Attorney David Weiss told six witnesses he did not have the authority to charge in other districts and had thus requested special counsel status. Uh, they said through the nonprofit accountability group Empower Oversight, Mr. Shapley would have no insight into why Mr. Weiss would make these statements at the October 7, 2022 meeting if they were false. That Mr. Weiss made these statements is easy, easily corroborated, and it is up to him and to the Justice Department to reconcile the evidence of his October 7, 2022 statements with contrary statements by Mr. Weiss, Weiss and the Attorney General uh, to Congress. The statement continued. Hmm. Empower Oversight founder John Foster also shared uh, an IRS email from Shapley summarizing the meeting with Weiss, in which he reported that Weiss stated that he is uh, not the deciding person on whether the charges would file. So these were, again, uh, back at that time, the email that he was writing. Mm-hmm. The comments had fuel to the fire that since Shapley first came forward in May to allege official misconduct by those tar- tasked with investigating the criminal activity of the first son. Well, there you go. So you know, there's, there's uh, look, we're, we're getting the truth. We're slowly getting the truth from the sure. IRS agents uh, about the, the, tax evasion of hunter biden and how far this may go well and and that's another thing too we also asked about the judge and and how much authority the judge would have over the deal that's been made but even in just asking questions even if the the judge really ultimately can't do anything there there has there has to be legally there has to be more questions because even if you say well all right um uh because of the uh statute of limitations we can't move on these other items but that those other items clearly develop the pattern for you they show a pattern of behavior in this in in, in this regard so how can you just close this deal altogether and shut the door on it which is exactly what they're trying to do they're trying to put the the padlock on this thing and bury it, you know, at the bottom of the ocean and hope it doesn't go anywhere, anywhere else. There's no way to do that. Because at the end of it, it's not about Hunter. It's about Joe. But if 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 the thought, if the theory that they sat on this so that the statute of limitations could expire. Did they do that because those other items clearly show a tie to his father? That you can't, Mm -hmm. if you look at, if you go back to however far this goes back, then there would be clear evidence in those cases. They're not going to pursue them because of the statute of limitations, but they sat on it because of the statute of limitations, knowing they had to, because otherwise it would demonstrate a clear connection to his father. By the way, you can make I believe you can make that connection if you're willing to do that at the DOJ and they are not. 
And so that's what they're claiming. They're claiming these charges should have been filed, yeah. and they just they just sat on that, them. That's why it was slow walked. Yep. They knew this way back in in what 2017, 2018. Right. Yeah. They knew this way back then, right? And just said, okay, we're just not going to move forward with this, and we won't give Weiss the ability to bring this this prosecution is now. And and here's the thing: either Garland is lying, or these agents are lying, one or the other. Yeah, no, it's one or the other. It's uh, I it's mean, one or the other. Either, somebody's lying. Right. You have to, you're going to have to, and and with everything that the whistleblowers have brought forward, you know, they're making the allegations here. So the burden of proof is on them. You know, in in to this extent that they have to show through the whistleblower process that these things happen, whatever they're claiming, right. and now the DOJ has to dis- disprove it. And Garland just stepping up saying, uh, there's nothing wrong here, or I didn't do anything wrong, isn't going to cut it. Well, you've got, you know, on, on one side, you have people claiming that nothing went on. Mm-hmm. None of those people are under oath. Mm-hmm. The people that are under oath that could face jail time for lying are the whistleblowers. Yeah, right. From the bribe to right. the IRS, right. which are two sets of different whistleblowers right. here. Right. This isn't going away, and the fact is what you saw, the zoo you saw with Corrine Jean-Pierre that we played to start off the show, that's not going away anytime soon. Right. No, it's not. You know, we have to also keep in mind, Joe Biden was a two-term vice president under a two-term president, a popular two-term president. Not popular with conservatives, but he was a two-term president who won uh, Obama with with really no problem at all in both uh, 2008 and in 2012. So in 2016, why wasn't Joe Biden the guy? Remember all the polls that showed then, and then he was kind of, you know, making the rounds yeah, with this smirk. I could have beat him. I could have beat him. I could have beat him. Why didn't he run? Let me ask you this, because you and I go way, way back to when the Obama State Department was extremely concerned, uh, and this goes back to the Trump impeachment, mm-hmm. the first impeachment. By the way, McCarthy say he may blow that out, right. have a mm-hmm. vote to reverse the impeachment, mm-hmm. because now that's completely bogus. Right. You look at that. Oh, but, yeah. But, uh, yeah, but the yeah. State Department, well, if the State Department was concerned, you're telling me nobody inside the Obama White House was going, what? The, why are we letting Joe Biden run wild like this? Right. Why is his son sitting on the... What are we doing here? Right. Where was somebody protecting Obama? In no, that's the, a good question. In, in, in the White House at that time to clearly reckless activities from the vice president. Right. That's a great question. And a horrible perception that I wouldn't want as a president. Well, and, and Obama, if, you know, if they did it in a timely manner, wouldn't have to take too much heat on something like that. I mean, you're going to take heat because it's your veep. But if you sever it and sever it clearly and act swiftly, then he could have avoided, you know, uh, a a catastrophe, especially in his second term. Mm -hmm. Why didn't they vet that out in the second term and say, look, we're going to have to carve him out from the party, from the herd here, because he's going to do damage long term. Then all of a sudden he does decide to run in 2020. Is it because they knew? 
that they could just sit on this if he won. They could sit on this with the statute of limitations expiring. 86690 Red Eye. Independence with carrier authority should be mindful that negotiation strength varies as the week progresses. Typically, the highest rates across major segments are paid for loads negotiated on Sundays, and the highest volume of loads for all segments is seen on Mondays, also the weekday that tends to be the best for flatbed negotiations, yielding the best rates. Owner-operators tend to have less negotiation strength on Tuesday, which shows the lowest weekday spread between brokers' offered rates and actual paid rates. Broker offers tend to rise by Wednesday as the end of the week is in sight. This day also seems optimal for the 3 o'clock hustle, so-called for its reliance on that afternoon time of day, when brokers are getting nervous, to improve negotiation strength. Stay mindful of this system to maximize your revenue. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella with advanced synthetic technology. For more information, go to OverdriveOnline.com to the Overdrive's Partners in Business section of the website. For more detail on Business 101 and many other topics, We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara. There, there comes a time in in any type of of uh, debate or uh, alleged scandal where you do get to the point of saying, okay, either one side's lying or the other side is lying. Mm-hmm. You and I remember the the one example. We can go back. I guess we can use this because of the whole Adam Schiff being censured last week, and and that would be we had said it at the time uh, when you had both uh, Devin Nunes for the Republicans come out and say the intelligence shows no. You know, we're the we're the intelligence people. Our intelligence shows no collusion whatsoever uh, with Donald Trump, with the Russians. And then you had Adam Schiff come out and say, no, the intelligence shows that there. And this is more than circumstantial evidence. This shows direct collusion with the Russians. Yeah. Right. And we said at that time, somebody's lying. Somebody yeah. has to be lying. And what we found out. Long, long time ago, I mean, he was finally held accountable for it, is a Democrat, Devin Newsom, who is now viewed as a hero for lying, because apparently that's what Democrats like now. Mm You're going to lie about everything. Hey, let's lie about that the male could be a female. Well, if you're going to lie there, then any lie is acceptable at that point. And and so uh, that's where the Democratic Party is. But we know that uh, it was Adam Schiff who lied. And so we now know that either the Department of Justice and Garland are lying or the whistleblowers are lying. We'll get to specifics as I just saw uh, that uh, Turley, Jonathan Turley, wrote that same column, something that we've always said in the past. You get to a particular point, either one side's lying or the other. Yep. You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. 
And he's Eric Hurley. I'm Gary McNamara. So, yeah, as we have said, somebody's lying. And that was uh, part of the opinion piece from TheHill.com from Jonathan Turley. Who was lying, Merrick Garland or the whistleblowers? One or the other. Has to be one or the other. As he starts it out, he goes, in a quote, I'm not the deciding official. Those five words allegedly from Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weiss shocked IRS and FBI investigators in a meeting on October 22nd, 2022. This is because in refusing to appoint a special counsel, Attorney uh, 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 Attorney uh, Garland, uh, Merrick Garland, excuse me, uh, had repeatedly assured the public and Attorney General. It says Attorney Garland. <laughs> it says Attorney Garland, Merrick Garland. <laughs> Should be Attorney General. Attorney Merrick General, Garland. yes. Yeah. Attorney General Merrick Garland mm. had repeatedly assured the public in Congress that Weiss had total authority over the investigation. Now, this is really interesting because from what it seems like, if all is true, Shapley really does his homework. IRS supervisory agent Gary Shapley told Congress he was so dismayed by Weiss's statement and other admissions that he memorialized them in communication to other team members. You put it on paper. You send emails to them. You create a trail. You create a paper trail. Shapley and other whistleblowers uh, and another whistleblower detail what they describe as a pattern of interference with their investigation of Hunter Biden, including the denial of searches, lines of questioning, and even attempted indictments. The only thing abundantly clear is that someone is lying. Either these whistleblowers are lying to Congress or these Justice Department officials, including Garland, are lying. And that's that's when you get beyond just allegations. Yeah, somebody is right. telling the truth and somebody is lying. Right. The response from both Hunter Biden's counsel and the attorney general himself only deepened those concerns. Christopher Clark, an attorney for Hunter Biden, responded to a shocking uh, WhatsApp message that the president's son had allegedly sent to a Chinese official with foreign intelligence contacts who was funneling millions to them, where the younger Biden wrote, I'm sitting here with my father, and we would like to understand why the commitment made was not fulfilled. Tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand, and now means tonight. And Z, if I get a call or text from anyone involved in this other than you, uh, Zhang or the chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows... My ability to forever hold a grudge that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. Now, the information that came out from congressional investigators is just uh, less than 10 days after that, a bank account linked to President Biden's son, Hunter, received more than $5 million in August of 2017, shortly after his threatening messages in which he said he was sitting here with his father to a Chinese associate revealed this week uh, by an IRS whistleblower. According, or on August 4, 2017, Chinese firm CEFC Infrastructure Investment wired 100000 to Hunter Biden's law, uh, uh, law firm, uh, according to a 2020 report published by the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs uh, Committee. Then three, uh, days later, on August 8th, CEFC Infrastructure Investments sent 
$5 million to Huston, Hudson West, uh, a firm Hunter Biden opened with Chinese associates. Those two transactions totaling $5.1 million, came within 10 days of messages uncovered Thursday by the House and uh, Ways and Means Committee. By the way, that $5 million, that was actually Ron Johnson and um, uh, from the Senate from mm. a couple of years ago. They already had that. Yeah, right. That came from the Senate investigation when Republicans still had the Senate. Right. Uh, and so I just wanted to add that, too, because uh, President. then going back to Turley's column, President Biden has repeatedly told the public that he had no knowledge or involvement in his son's dealings. He maintained the denial despite audio tapes of him referring to his business dealings, photos and meetings with his son's business associates, as well as eyewitness accounts of an in-person meeting. And they did it again. Corrine Jean-Pierre. Yep. Quadrupled, quintupled, whatever you want to say it. <laughs> How many times she's done it. She said, no, I stand by the president's initial comment that he had no, even though evidence shows, and we're talking more than circumstantial evidence. We're talking tape recordings, photos, meetings, logs. We know the the White House logs. We know the White House logs, as well as eyewitness accounts. Clark, this is the attorney for Hunter Biden. Clark did not deny that the above-quoted message had been sent. He only said it was rele- illegal to release the text. He did not explain why. Mm. And then added that any verifiable words or actions of my clients in the midst of a horrible addiction are solely his own uh-huh. and have no connection to anyone in his family. All right. Most of us expected a simple denial, yet after five years, Hunter has never even denied that the laptop was his. His team has continued with the same non-denial denials. The transcript also details how investigators wanted to confirm the authenticity of the WhatsApp message through the company. The Justice Department reportedly shut down that effort. If Hunter Biden was evasive, Garland was irate. He denounced the allegations as an attack on an institution that is essential to the American democracy, and essential to the safety of the American people. This is from Turley now, Jonathan Turley, who is a Democrat. The statement bordered on delusion. Polls show that a majority of the public now views the Justice Department as politically compromised and even engaged in election interference. The level of trust in the department uh, under Garland is now lower than it was under Bill Barr. (laughs) These questions are not an attack on the institution, but on what some are doing with it. Garland's reaction is akin to doctors responding to malpractice lawsuits as an attack on medicine itself. Yeah, right. As in the past, Garland continued to insist that the public must trust him and his department because you've all heard me say many times that we make our cases based on facts and the law. Once again, he reminded citizens that these are not just words. These are what we live by. For those of us who once supported Garland's nomination as an attorney general, it was another maddening moment. Garland has done little to change the view of his department or to address the political bias that has plagued it and the FBI for years. That record has resulted in 
blistering reports from the Inspector General and most recently uh, Special Counsel John Durham. Garland does have a motto, yet these allegations piling, pile up. But as these allegations pile up, it's becoming more and more of a meaningless mantra. The Attorney General has a growing problem. For years, many of us have criticized him for his refusal to appoint a special counsel on the Biden influence peddling scandal. Indeed, I have written over a dozen columns on why such an appointment seemed unavoidable, given the references to the president under various code names as a possible recipient of money and other benefits from foreign deals. Even after a respected FBI source detailed allegations of a bribery scheme involving Ukrainian officials, Garland still refused to make an appointment. Such an appointment would not only expose Joe Biden to high-risk interviews, but it would also allow the special counsel to issue a report on influence peddling by his uh, family. Garland was willing to appoint a special counsel to look into classified records found in Biden's various offices, yet he continues to bar an appointment on major corruption allegations implicating the president. That's a solid point. Well, and, you know, we talked about the idea of um, appointing a special counsel, a special prosecutor in this case. And the only thing, the only political benefit you get out of that is to, that you hope that the special prosecutor would take a long, long time, that it would go much further past the 24 election and maybe even a couple of years into if Biden were to win his second term. But the problem with that is exactly what Turley points out here. How is there not question after question after question? Joe Biden was was not about to allow that to happen. That's not going to happen, a special prosecutor in this case. And we know that now because of the sweetheart deal that Hunter was given. Then you have to look at it. If you put everything together that the whistleblowers are alleging and the fact that it's just gone nowhere and the only thing you have is this sweetheart deal that was announced last week and it's going to be a cakewalk for Hunter Biden and they hope to shut the door on this thing for good and can't go back because of the statute of limitations I have to believe then they know that if they were to go back to those cases, that's where you find the direct connection, uh, maybe a ton of direct connections to his father. I don't have to have that in front of me to believe that those direct connections are there. But a special counsel can go back and find all those exactly. things. They can go back as far as right. as they need to. They have all the records um, on, on anything, and even though a special prosecutor wouldn't have Actually, I don't know. A special prosecutor, because, um, you know, in terms of like the IG, when an IG does yeah. an investigation, they only have access to, to the people that are still there. A special prosecutor can actually go beyond that. Even people that are not at the Justice Department uh, any longer, they can interview. Uh, and But uh, uh, who was it? Uh, Durham said he couldn't get answers from Comey. Nobody would answer anything. Right, right. Yeah, no, could, I mean you're gonna yeah. shut down, you're gonna right. you're gonna do everything you can to protect, you know, um uh anybody and everybody on the left. And in this case, they would do the same for Biden. 
And he says the whistleblowers alleged the Justice Department consistently cut them off from seeking searches or answers relating to President Biden. However, the line that stood out the most was this. U.S. Attorney Weiss stated that he subsequently asked for special counsel authority from the main Department of Justice at that time, hmm. but was denied that authority. If true, that means Garland was not just hearing from experts and members of Congress calling for the appointment, but that Weiss himself also saw the need for such an appointment. Why? Because he was being he was being stopped from doing what he wanted to do. Moreover, the report indicates that others in the investigation believe there was a need to create such separation from the Justice Department in light of what they viewed as special treatment Given the president's son, these accounts could explain why the Justice Department took five years to secure a guilty plea to two misdemeanors that could have been established in the first month of the investigation. You and I said that a long time ago. It would explain why there is no evidence of serious investigation into the influence peddling or the charges under FARA. That's being a foreign agent, registering as a foreign agent. It would explain why Hunter's lawyer cannot recall ever being asked about the laptop it would explain why the problem is not just the De- Justice Department's motto, but the man who is tasked with fulfilling it. So, someone's lying. Yep, someone's lying. That's right. one thing we know. Right. Either the whistleblowers are lying under oath, or the Justice Department, not under oath, is lying. And you have to ask yourself, what would be the motive for walking in? And bringing all this up and lying under oath, what do you hope to gain when you know ultimately they know that they would go down for this and quite possibly would go to prison for this? And the whistleblowers were talking about. So, what would be their motive for doing that? 86690 Red Eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. Front on radio, he is Eric Harley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Will be interesting to see if the Justice re- the Department responds at all this week, or whether it's back to silence again. You know, you had the other one. The White House received backlash Saturday after it was reported that Hunter Biden was accompanied by his father to Camp David amid bombshell whistleblower allegations of political corruption. Along with recently pleading guilty, the House Ways and Means Committee revealed Thursday. Uh, its interview with the IRS whistleblower last month who shared the WhatsApp uh, 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 message. Uh, and the, the the backlash was, oh, going to Camp David, what, business to discuss? I mean, they could do that anywhere. But, uh, right. again, yeah. anything that you do yeah. can be perceived by the opposition of being, as being suspicious, yeah. as being part of the collusion and the cover-up. Well, I mean, it seemed that things were kind of coming together. Remember that Hunter went on the Ireland trip. And, you know, up until then, there wasn't that kind of uh, adhesion (laughs) to his father. And so then it wasn't long after the Ireland trip that his lawyers ran to the DOJ, uh, literally. Uh, And then, of course, now here we have the sweetheart deal. It, it just makes you wonder, are they building the front? Are they, you know, are they it, are they trying to keep their defense going publicly?
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. Good morning. We, me, he over there. (laughs) Our pronouns. Us. Me and he. (laughs) Us. Those guys. (laughs) Uh, Good morning. Thanks uh, for uh, being here. All right, we got one more audio cut. Okay. One more? Okay, here we go. All right. All right, this is John Kirby on Friday. All right. The House Ways and Means Committee yesterday released documents, their authenticity nowhere challenge. Uh, that included a July 2017 WhatsApp message sent by Hunter Biden to Henry Zhao, a Chinese Communist Party official, which stated in its entirety, and I quote, I am sitting here with my father. And we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. Tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand and now means tonight. And Z, if I get a call or text from anyone involved in this other than you, Zhang, or the chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge, that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father, unquote. So just a couple of questions about this. First, does this not undermine uh, the president's claim during the 2020 campaign and the reaffirmations of that claim by his two press secretaries since then that he never once discussed his son's overseas business dealings with him? No, and I'm not going to comment further on this. James, James, let me just let me save you some. Let me save. Let me save. Let me save you some breath. If you're going to ask about this, I am not addressing. I don't. I know you do more than I'd like you to have. I am not going to address this issue from this podium. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Thank you. Thanks. He just turns around and walks away. Yep. Because you can't. You see where they're going here. I mean, I just I wanted to play that because it's like there. It's obvious because you said no. It doesn't. What they're trying to do, and you see it from the White House that Hunter Biden is a victim of drug abuse mm-hmm. and addiction. Mm-hmm. And he, I can see a defense coming out or at least implying that Hunter Biden was in the room alone. His father wasn't there. That Hunter, they're going to try to make the case that Hunter was pretending he could influence his father. Mm-hmm. No, I thought so, that from the beginning. Yeah. I thought that uh, the defense on him being in the room, well, you can't because you can't. Otherwise, you can't prove that he was in the room. So they'll just say, no, Hunter was doing that because he was trying to use his father's leverage. And this is what a crack addled mind does. Right. Cause, and, and so the because you when you when we were talking about the fact of, you know, he brought him to, uh, you know, they they both traveled to. Um, why do I say Martha's Vineyard? Uh, uh, Camp David, mm-hmm. Martha's Vineyard. Same difference. Uh, but no. Uh, but they went to Camp David. Yeah, it's like there, what, there are a couple of places that we normal people don't go. 
Same difference. <laughs> well, Belushi went there. <laughs> well, well uh, Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, not <laughs> Camp David. As far as we know, Willie Nelson may have gone to Camp David. I can't confirm that. Oh, that was only with Clinton. Yeah, right. And he didn't inhale. Uh, the, uh, but, but the Willie did, though. <laughs> did, A lot. He didn't exhale. Uh, <laughs> so, and it's like I, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking that either – from from Biden, it's either it's either arrogance shoving it in your face. Uh, Hunter's with me uh-huh. to hell with all of you, right? Or they're attempting to set up their he's counseling Hunter, uh-huh. and they're having discussions about where he went wrong and the things that he did. But we're so proud of how he has done, and it's not going to work. It hasn't worked. It's not going to work. Well, but I think that's what they're going to try to. That may be an uh, an angle that they're considering going down because the question is why was he at the state dinner? Why is he traveling with the president? Why the 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 person that's created so much? Well, because he loves his son and his son uh-huh. was a drug addict. Yeah, and you know it's terrible when you're a drug addict and the things that you do. But he's so much more improved now as to saying because I'm thinking to myself he's bringing Hunter to Camp David to say look we're going to throw you under the bus for this because you can't be. You're not going to get any jail time. Statue of limitations has run out. You're going to skate free. So in order to skate free on this entire thing, uh, you get the entire blame. We did nothing. Now, here's the thing. You're not going to convince the American public. You're, I'm sure you're not going to convince the, the, the uh, Republican Party at all the investigators that all of these LLCs that were set up and all the accounting that uh, was done in order to get to this particular point as they talked about the the laundering of the money so you can't see it, mm-hmm. was created by a confused drug addict who had lost control of everything. Uh-huh. Probably not going to be convincing. Well, it's not because we have recordings. We have evidence. Right. Uh, we have things that we know have happened, and this is just so far. We're still very early into this in terms of the public and what we know about it. But there is such a mountain of evidence already. Well, think about this. It, you know, it comes out, you know, uh, uh, the uh, the WhatsApp thing comes out. Mm-hmm. And we just went, whoa, this thing's going to blow up. I mean, the bribe... The bribe was the one thing that they still tried to ignore. And you and yeah. I asked a question on Thursday, last Thursday night show, Friday morning show. We said, are they going to are they going to ignore this? Are they not going to say anything about it? Right. And then all of a sudden, boom, there's a Department of Justice. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, they're out there, you know, uh, you know, stating that no, no, no. And then the whistleblower strikes right back and says, nope, there was a meeting. I've got the emails. I memorialized all this stuff in emails to other FBI agents. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've got I've got the names of the people. We've got the names. We've got the date. We've got what he said. I memorialize this. And then for the WhatsApp thing that had also come out, all of a sudden it's like, oh, Ron Johnson. And was it Lindsey Graham, Ron Johnson? Who was it? Who else is with the who else is with John Johnson? They're, they're the ones that had it when the Republicans had in power until 2020. You know, they're the ones that did the entire investigation on Hunter Biden. And so the WhatsApp thing comes out, you know, about all of this. And it's like, oops, wait a minute. 
they received money from that company mm-hmm. to a Biden related Biden related uh, uh, checking account within ten days. Got a hundred thousand up front. Boom, like within a day, and yeah. then within ten days, five million dollars was paid into a Hunter Biden account. Right. I mean, that kind of stuff is just damning as hell. Oh yeah. I mean, when you you, it's just it can't get any worse. No, for the for the no. Bidens right no. now, no. and the more they try to hide it, and the more they do it, just piques the interest of people because now it's a puzzle. And Turley, we said it earlier. Then Turley, you know, mirrored our our opinion on it. Everybody knows now. Every Democrat knows somebody's lying. Yeah, yeah. Either either Biden's lying, or all of these whistleblowers are lying. Right, and not just the IRS ones. That means the other ones from the FBI that right. talked about the bribe. Right. Either all the whistleblowers are lying or Biden is lying mm-hmm. and the Department of Justice is lying. Right. Ah, let me rephrase it again because mm. I think this is the fair way to rephrase it. All the whistleblowers under oath with penalty of jail have stated that, you know, that the everything that had gone on with Hunter Biden, the way they slow walked it. The the uh, the the bribe, mm-hmm. the the allegations of bribe, they've all been under oath with the threat of jail because they're whistleblowers and they're under oath. Everyone else who has given their explanation, no one has been under oath. No. And the American public knows that. And so until it's a puzzle now, it's like one one side or the other is lying. We know that. Yep. And it's. What we have basically the challenge to the liberal and mainstream media has been do the homework. Where's the where is where's the massive, massive um, article or series of articles or stories that come in and completely destroy. And I mean, undermine the entire credibility of the whistleblowers allegations. Um. One of the reporters said that at the meeting. Hmm. No, was it Rosen who said it at the beginning of the thing? Nobody, nobody's done that. Has refuted what the nobody's done that. Have have, uh, have said, and that's the other thing too. The whistleblowers keep coming out with more information and more information that then verify investigations that have been done by the Republicans, and then also help connect the dots, like the five million dollars to a to a uh, Biden account and meanwhile what you get are just generic statements from the attorney general not saying no this didn't take place no this didn't happen no this didn't happen and then the specifics when they give a generalized statement as they did the other day as he did the other day then the whistleblower comes out and says no on October 22nd you held this meeting you told this I've memorialized it in emails you know ba 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 here it is all this stuff now respond to that, and so far nothing. Well, you can't continue with one side with all these allegations where there's emails, mm-hmm. there's there's what's uh, app, there's actually transfers of uh, of uh, of of money, there's you know you actually have the the uh, the actual money trail now, which is appearing, and the other side just saying, oh no, there's nothing there. Oh no, he didn't know anything. Everyone knows. There isn't one Democrat that believes that President Biden didn't know about his son's business activities. Why? He said he knows. <laughs> well, and, I mean, you think about it. Kirby, Jean-Pierre, 
They don't have anything that they can say about this. They're not going to talk about it. They're not going to change anything. My question is, how long before they just discontinue the daily briefings? This is going to be the only topic unless something geopolitical happens. And, you know, what was funny is when everything uh, in Russia was, was playing out on Friday and Saturday, I thought, well, well, this will, you know, at least take a little bit of time at the press conferences if something actually goes down. But it didn't. And so today we're right back to the questions on Hunter and Joe. And there's no way around that. That's not going to go away because the stories aren't going away because the whistleblowers aren't going away. And the liberal media has not been able to, with all of their sources, discount and undermine the credibility of the whistleblower allegations, not even once. And that's key. And I think it was Rosen who stated that. He goes, nobody has challenged the whistleblowers at all. Right. We've been saying this from the beginning. Anything. They have, look at all the countless sources the media has inside. Yep, nothing. Not one story. Not one. Typically what they try and do is scandalize the person, the messenger. Go after the messenger. So you'd go after the whistleblower. You try and scandalize them somehow. Uh, They were involved in this or they were involved in that. They were reprimanded for this. Somehow you try and tear down their credibility and then the credibility beyond that of the allegations. They they went on a submarine that imploded. Yeah, something, <laughs> you know, like, anything. Yeah, they, they I mean, supported George W. Bush or in, George H. W. Bush in yeah, 30 th- some odd years ago. I, exactly. I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, you can't. There would be something. Yeah, there would right. be something that they would start with the personal attacks and then go after the credibility of the, the story, the allegations of what they are alleging, what the whistleblowers are alleging. They once played a Trump golf course. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> they once <laughs> they tuned attend- in and watched the live golf tournament. <laughs> Something. You know, I mean, anything. You know? Uh they voted for Vanilla Ice to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They would find something. <laughs> that might destroy their credibility. <laughs> you would think there would be one thing. <clears throat> yeah. And nothing. And and that's the that's the problem. It's it's twofold. It's indicative of, first of all, a president that the far left doesn't support. He, he hasn't been useful from day one. He's certainly not useful now. And beyond that, they're not getting their talking points every every day in the room to carry out to their, you know, they're getting handed nothing. Mm-hmm. And their sources are coming up short. They've got nothing on the whistleblowers. And this is not going away. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Curley and I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, environmentalists are pushing back against Biden. We'll get to uh, that. 
the whole uh, drag queen parade, I'm mm. seeing here the picture of it, Drag March, is a banner they're holding up in uh, New York City. There were the chants, we're coming for your kids. Probably not the right, probably not the the right angle. Yeah, I'm probably guessing. not the right angle to go with. I'm guessing you go with a different banner during a parade. Yeah. You're not going to win that. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll get to that. And really interesting, the it really blew up what that uh, pro radical transgender uh, insane activist had to say, mm. you know, about the whole Serena Williams things. Basically, mm-hmm. trying to make the case that well, women are just as strong as men. Mm-hmm. Oh, just got blasted. Yeah, over the weekend. Yeah, that just, was a horrible answer. And just such a terrible answer. But you saw the University of Wyoming, the same thing with the uh, the, the uh, women's uh, uh, sorority there, mm-hmm. saying, well, you know, uh, you know, sh- hitting back at the, the women saying this is horrible. Well, you know, there are many, I'm paraphrasing here, I'll get to the exact quote, but there are many definitions of women. Yeah, right. No, they're not. No, no, there's one. I mean, they're making stuff up as they go along. Yeah. And the problem this has for the LGBTQ plus community. Hmm. I say community, people go, they're not a community. Mm-hmm. Um, organization. They seem less organized less organized now than they used to. Yes. <laughs> and the NFL player huh? that has to cancel his charity golf tournament because it was held, it would, it would have been held at a Trump golf course. Mm. We'll have that. Uh, I, get, I get football in. Anything in golf? Can I sneak well, golf in? You just did. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Golf tournament. You did. You did. All right, it's, I was thinking the NFL. It's a twofer. Okay, it's the NFL and golf. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that might be a first, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be an interesting week, just getting back very quickly uh, to the, the, Hunter, you know, the Hunter Biden thing and just seeing how the media is squirming around this. And I, I mentioned, uh, you know, what's his name from NBC, mm-hmm. you know, before his retirement. Uh, Chuck Todd. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah, it's, uh, involves China. it involves a Chinese businessman, but not China, but not China. It's like, wow. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> and, and and thinking, you you can just see their minds thinking, where are we going to go? We, we got to move the goalposts a little bit, 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 because we, we, we can't come across as being completely and totally delusional. But uh, Well, that's it. We And we've said all along, you can't ignore it. The question is, where do you go with it? Well, when you've been a champion for the left, you hate to, and, and this is why they want the talking points fed to them every single day. But you can't get by with that. Look, I I don't know what how much Chuck Todd cares about his credibility or how delusional he is in, in that kind of backhanded defense. But it's not going to go anywhere. And I don't know why... Even if you're on the far, far left, you'd want to step out and defend Joe Biden. Why? You guys don't want him as president anymore. Yeah, how long will that last? Right. I don't think that defense is going to last forever.
call and join the conversation. 1-866-90-RED-EYE. Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Curley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, by the way, I want to correct myself. I said uh, University of Wyoming. It's a University of Wyoming sorority, the national so- sorority, hmm. not the University of Wyoming. Just to realize I just I didn't complete the sentence. Hmm. Uh, University of Wyoming sorority has hit back at members who complained about a trans woman being accepted into their local chapter, insisting the term woman is unquestionably open to many interpretations. Seven sorority sisters from Kappa Kappa Gamma sued the sorority in March, saying that the chapter violated its own rules by admitting the trans woman in last year. Six of the women then refiled the lawsuit in May after a judge twice barred them from suing anonymously. The lawsuit claims Langford's present in Kappa Kappa Gamma house made some sorority members uncomfortable. Uh, the On Tuesday, Kappa Kappa Gamma filed a motion to dismiss the suit, claiming that it is a frivolous attempt to kick Langford out for their own political purposes. The motion also suggested that complaining members resign from the sorority if its position of inclusion is too offensive for them. Plaintiffs request the court to insert itself into this controversial political debate and declare that a private organization can only interpret the term woman using the plaintiff's exclusionary definition of biologically born females. Mm. Can't believe we're having this argument. Yeah. The motion obtained by the New York Post said, Kappa defines its membership in its position statement adopted in 2015 as individuals who identify as women. Mm-hmm. It continues. Mm-hmm. Plaintiffs cannot uh, identify any bylaw, standing rule, or policy that prohibits Kappa from taking this position, and the term is unquestionably open to multiple interpretations. Now, the fact is, your private organization, if you say, we wish to be uh, Kappa Kappa Gamma, the uh, delusionary anti-biology sorority, and so if you say you're a woman, you're a woman, and you can be in our sorority, as a private organization, they can do that. Yeah, they can set their own terms. Yes. Sure. They can set their own terms uh, as to what is actually in there because it seems like I don't have the the position statement uh, and whether it's part of the bylaws or whatever. If they're saying a position statement that a woman can be anything. Then whoever then, says they're a woman. Whoever says they're a woman, yes. Uh you know, it, it seems like it, it seems as if that in the, the actual bylaws uh, that they use the term woman. And then in a position statement later said, well, a woman is anybody who identifies as a woman. And that's a definition that we hold. Now, mm-hmm. how you come to a bylaw in a position statement, I don't know. That would have to be somehow in the private, uh, you know, the, the private organi- you know, organization. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, if they wish to have that misogynist, sexist definition of a woman as a private organization, they are allowed to have that. Well, and it makes you wonder what the uh, drive for uh, and, and, and recruitment will be going forward. How many actual women, biological women, are going to want to be a part of such an organization? Mm-hmm. 
And that's what will ultimately determine if this is going to stand or not. They're free to do whatever they want to do, and if they want to change the rules on the fly, then fine. But expect that a lot of women are not going to be a part of that. You know, when you look at it, and we had talked about the, the drag march in uh, in New York, mm-hmm. would many people forget, and uh, <clears throat> fortunately slash unfortunately, I'm old enough <laughs> to go back when the debate, you know, started about LGB, LGB rights and everything else. And what you were told over and over again is, look, we're just as normal as you are. Right. We're just as normal as you are. Love is love. That's mm-hmm. the only thing that, and you know, that became a, a motto for the gay movement for the longest time. Mm-hmm. We're just as normal as you are. There's nothing that makes us different than you, except we love a different person. Mm-hmm. And I'm not being inaccurate in that portrayal. I don't no, believe it was all. about acceptance. That's, it was about a, acceptance, but it was also, we don't know why you don't accept us because we're normal. And this is where you had many, uh, you know, we had told about, we had told you the story about the gay activists that wrote, was it in the Wall Street Journal? I forgot where they wrote it. An op-ed piece about what in the world happened to the, the gay movement in this country. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, this was somebody who goes all the way back to Stonewall and was talking about the fact that, wait a minute, you know, this, the, the parades with the, you know, with the, you know, scantily clad, you know, uh, people romping all over the place and leather and well, this isn't normal, right? You know, what, and they, these were these were gay members talking about what they objected, where they knew that the LGBTQ was going off on the wrong tangent completely, mm-hmm. because that's what they were sold. We're just normal, just like you. Well, do most normal people to celebrate their sexuality do that? Well, most people don't celebrate their sexuality to begin with. And so when you do, it's how do you do it? Well, if you're all walking arm in arm saying we have equal rights under the Constitution, that's one thing. But it becomes another thing what many gay marches have turned into. Yeah, right. And so that was the entire. And so then you take that and then you throw on top of it the radical transgender movement with the insanity, the delusion of it, and you realize, you know, once the only way that they could sell that was by the intimidation that this is an idea you can't argue about. Yeah. And if you argue about it, if you'd want to debate or ask questions on it, you're bad. We're good, and we can't be questioned on anything because our motives are good. And I was. Watching more, we played uh, more of the uh, last week. We played some of the uh, the British author Melanie Phillips, and uh, I saw her on uh, former Australian Prime Minister John Anderson's uh, uh, YouTube, uh, you know, YouTube page, and she got into the whole thing about you know why she used to work for the Guardian mm-hmm. and quit because she said you know I, basically I'm I'm still more of a liberal. She goes I, you know I didn't change at all, and I thought everybody was still behind where. We always were. They changed. I didn't change. Mm-hmm. They went absolutely insane. And she went through the point of where, you know, whether it's CRT, you know, which and she even says, yeah, critical race theory, where huh, all white people are bad. 
<laughs> you know, and it's like, and and then it's like to uh, the delusion of the radical transgender movement that biological sex doesn't mean anything. And she said, you know, mo- so many people are confused going, what are you talking about? What do you mean you're on the right side? What do you mean this is about civil rights for you? Where does this come from? What do you mean men are just as strong as, or excuse me, women are just as strong, physically as strong as men? Where, where are you getting this stuff? Are you, this is this is absolutely, uh, you know, delusional. It's like, are you making fun of this? Are you are you serious? You know, you we talked about uh, Senator Kennedy last week from Louisiana. You know, let me ask you these questions. Well, I, I, do you really believe? I mean, what what's going on here? Mm-hmm. But I mean, and, and he did sound like a lot of people saying, "Well, they really can't believe this." Well, they do. Well, how do they sell it? They sell it by force, and they sell it by bullying, and they sell it by saying. I'm good. If you disagree with me, you're a Nazi. I don't even listen to your opinion. You don't agree with me, you're a Nazi. If you ask questions, you're violent. If you if you ask questions, you can't even ask questions. And how do they justify it in their mind? Because most people walk around going, okay, convince me of your argument. And they're saying, yeah. I don't need to convince you of my argument. This is my argument. It's gospel. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, what they claim they represent, the goodness that they represent, they wish to sell with the fascism that they claim they disagree with. And then in order to get there, they change definitions of words. Words become the opposite of nothing makes sense. Up is down. Left is right. Uh, it uh, Male is female. Nothing makes sense. You know, we went through last week the entire, you know, liberal transgender, radical transgender movement there and, and, you know, how they're, you know, how they're trying to sell it and how it doesn't make any sense. How they, it used to be, okay, you know, a a gender and sex are different. Okay, fine. Well, then when it came to, uh, you know, males playing against females, biological males playing against biological females. Then it became, well, no, 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 sex and, and, and gender are the same things. Now they want to combine both together. Gender is different than sex. Okay, fine, then males shouldn't be competing against females in sports. Well, no, when somebody says, if somebody is a biological male but says they're a female in gender, that makes them a female. Well, sex sexuality-wise? Uh well, yeah, because there's no difference, as she was trying to say last week, then she upped it by saying, well, there is no difference in the physical capabilities of men and women. Right. They're both the same strength. And so she was selling a delusion, and you could see her like, do you don't understand this? What do you mean you don't understand this? That's another tactic. What do you mean? This is so normal. You must be a Nazi if you're even questioning this. Gaslighting. The gaslighting, oh man, gaslighting, big time. And and the that's gaslighting it. is just unbelievable. You must be a moron if you can't see it, right? This is the truth because we say it is, and we only said that ten minutes ago. Yeah. Because their truth is always changing. Yeah. And it changed consistently. If you question that, and and it was interesting because she was talking about the fact that it's just it's they pick an idea. 
and it doesn't matter whether it's thought out. There's no critical thinking. It's just this is our idea of the week. You must, and we believe we this idea is good this week, even if it changes next week, because we're about being good, anybody who disagrees with us, even if we change our debate points each and every week, is still evil because at that moment we're right, which makes you wrong. Yeah. And if you're wrong, you're so wrong that you are not allowed to speak. Yep. You can't even ask questions. Anything you say, we will destroy you. We will intimidate you. We will use what we claim we're against, a fascist mindset, a totalitarian mindset, and destroy you if you don't agree with us. And so it's very important to understand what you're up against. Yeah, and and it's and the mob mentality is is that again, you ask a question, then that's we consider that to be violence and we're coming after you. And at every turn, everything in the agenda, we're coming after you and we're also coming after your kids. Well, I mean, it's interesting. The biggest lie is the fact that I'm reading right here. Kappa Gamma from University of Wyoming argued that the term woman has evolved since its founding 150 years ago. No, it hasn't. No, that is not. No, it hasn't. No. Nope. The biological definition of a woman has been very clear and still is today unless you're delusional. Right. And that's what defines a woman. Yep. The biology. Yep. End of story. Well, no, if you think, well, you may think it. Nope. I'm not denying, I'm can, not denying your thoughts. You can live you can however you want to. Yep. Your thoughts can be whatever your thoughts are. Biologically, you're a woman. Yep. And you shouldn't be competing with a man, a man in sports. Right. And over and over again, they, but they knew that they were not getting through. They weren't getting through. So what do you have to do? You have to change your indoctrination which means you have to go after children from day one. This is why they want to introduce this into uh, uh, school books for five-year-olds. This is why they want, they're right now, they're not debating the legal right for an adult to have genital mutilation surgery. They're fighting to take control of children children to have that surgery. That's where we are. That's who they are. And if you get in their way, they'll come after you. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up, states are weighing charging by the mile as fuel taxes uh, plummet. They're trying to find a way. It's not only just because I think what they should do is simply uh, uh, charge electric vehicles. Yeah. There shouldn't be a general tax. You need to tax electric vehicles on this. Right. They need to pay their fair share. Yes. We'll get to that (laughs) and more coming up.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. Welcome and good morning. Thanks so much for being here. Reading this story here. House GOP, almost all migrants at ports of entries are being freed into the U.S. Mm. That's why things are quieted down on the border, just letting everybody everybody in. Yeah, right. Say, you come know. back later. Yep. Uh, DHS is rerouting illegal immigration through ports of entries at the United States-Mexico border to give an appearance that the inflow has dropped right. under his watch. Right. House Republicans say, following Biden's rescinding the public health authority known as Title 42, that helped return millions of illegal immigrants to Mexico since 2020. The establishment media and White House touted a supposed drop in apprehensions along the border under a series of catch-and-relief-style programs. Though DHS has funneled tens of thousands of border crosses and illegal immigrants through ports of entries, Republicans on the House Homeland Security uh, Committee detailed in a report issued this month, while the Biden administration is celebrating a reported 25% decrease in encounters uh, between ports of entry, 35,000 were encountered at ports of entry, 17% of the total encounters in May, according to the Operation uh, Office of Field Operations. That's a 20% increase from April and a staggering 34% increase from January. In particular, uh, as a report notes, Biden has deployed the uh, uh, Border Patrol, uh, the uh, one app, that foreign nationals in Mexico are using to schedule appointments at the border for direct release into American communities. And we had said this when it all happened. We said, this is what's going on. Yep. We told you about this. They simply said, okay, let's just make it easy and direct people where they can get in and that this is how you claim asylum. And then you get in. Yep. You claim asylum and you may not have to report. You may, we may tell you to call somebody in 10 years. Well, you streamline the process yep. to make it, uh, again, um, uh, on the surface, look in the media like there is no problem here. Mm-hmm. It's Look, it's very organized. The border is secure. Yeah, it's secure for people who want to come across. Here's how you get across. Here's how you stay here. You know, I I have to believe Democrats that have been around for a while, are looking at this going, man, why didn't we think of this years ago? Because what happened? Well, you know, there was some attention on the border, and I think there's there's still some, especially from the right, and the fact that the, bro- the, the border is broken. Well, you're looking at it again, now, from the mainstream perspective, and what's happened? Well, the news has calmed down. Here's one thing that isn't going away. You're seeing still people sent to uh, sanctuary cities over and over again. 
Yeah, I saw. I saw somebody said I saw a hundred thousand in New York. Mm. Yeah. And I have to wonder too if they've if the um, Democratic Party is reaching out to those mayors saying, "Hey, stop your complaining. You're only making it worse. We can't be complaining in 2024 in Chicago when we've got our convention going on. We can't have you guys complaining about it, you know. And so don't make so much noise about it. But the fact of the matter is." The citizens in those cities are having to deal with it, just like the citizens in border towns have had to deal with it from the beginning. And nothing is going to get better. Nothing is going to improve. In fact, I I would think this streamlined process now will make it even worse in those cities. And I haven't seen anywhere where, uh, you know, because those mayors were uh, sending these individuals to other parts of the state of of their own state or sending them elsewhere. Whatever happened to was it was it Erie County where they said uh, where the sheriff's department said that uh, the the motel uh, the hotel motel people couldn't. Uh, accept them if they were paid for by New York City. Was that Erie County? No, no, Erie County accepted them. And what was the county? Yeah, Erie that... County, yeah Niagara County. Yeah, okay. That Ni- said... Ni- Niagara County, okay. uh, Chautauqua. Yeah. Uh, and I believe, said, I believe Orleans County. If it's paid for by the city of New York, uh, you can't yeah, do you that. You can't do you it. Can't, yeah. You know, we'll consider that to be unlawful. We'll come after you. But yeah, yeah. Erie County is where Buffalo is. Or more, yeah. They're more. They're the ones that have they're they've allowed they've allowed them and opened up yeah. hotels. There was a story last week mm. that uh, near where one of my buddies lived, they were going to pack the hotels with right. migrants coming in. Right. So perfect, but, right during the heart of uh, tourism season. Well, that was one of the things for especially not maybe not Erie County, but in Niagara County, we had I you know you and I talked about it at the time. I mm-hmm. said you know these mm-hmm. these are more rural counties that don't have hotel space to begin with right and you know, they're much hotel space, but in niagara county that's where niagara falls is right and this and, is the heart of tourism season. right that's absolutely the heart of tourism season yep. you know you you get on a plane you get on a plane to buffalo and you'll meet tons of people from different countries going there you know during the summer just to see niagara falls mm-hmm. that's it right and and so um yeah, that's one of the reasons Niagara County, like, well, my God, you would just you'll inundate Niagara Falls during the middle of, of, of tourism season. Right. Right. And I don't know what New York was doing. Were they saying we need to take over the entire hotel? If you have guests, were guests kicked out? We know that in New York they were kicking veterans out. Right. Did you see that? You just made me think about this. See that woman in Canada? Mm. Quadriplegic. Mm-hmm. She actually had a business going, but then she lost her business, and so she applied for benefits, mm-hmm. and it's going to take months and months and months and months. So since it's taking so long for benefits, and it only takes 90 days to do euthanasia, she's considering euthanasia because she oh. can't get the help. Wow. Now, that's liberal compassion. Wow. That's liberal compassion. You want to get it there? Well, 
look, we can't get you the benefits. A benef- to arrange a benefit is going to take a long time. But, hey, kill yourself only takes 60 to 90 days. Let's go back to the conversations that we've had here in the States. Listen, maybe it's better that your grandmother went home and didn't have that surgery. Yeah. Obama at the town hall meeting. Take a pill. Yeah. Well, um, I, and, and, and Robert Reich, hmm. old people, we're going to let you go home so you can die. Yeah. I remember when I worked in uh, Oregon and it was the Oregonian newspaper that did a poll. And I think it was, I memory serves me correct, it was like 42% of people in Oregon believed that if you were in a wheelchair, you should be able to commit suicide, but somebody not in a wheelchair should not be able to. Right. You talk about cheapening life? Yeah. Wow. And so, yeah, they're hoping that there's enough... uh, public reaction in Canada so that the woman can get her benefits. She doesn't want to die, but she has no other choice, she claims, because she can't get any help and can't get any benefits mm. from Canada. So uh, mm. that's compa- That's a definition of good look. It's going to take a while. You know, the bureaucracy, but look, we're going to we'll expedite it so we can get a permanent solution to this. Right. Oh, what's that permanent solution? Your death. Save the money. Wow. Yeah, man, I'm telling you. But this is the mindset, you know, of when you don't value life from the beginning, Mm -hmm. then why would you ever? Oh, see, Kamala Harris, Hmm. you don't need to betray your faith to be for abortion. (laughs) Well, it all depends on what your faith is. Yeah, right. (laughs) I'm not sure what you believe in. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Oh, good. I, I mean, is that the case? <laughs> really? So well, she you're is the expert on faith. <laughs> I mean, she's sacrificed for her faith. Uh, she gave up a, a, a Chick fil A on Sundays. For her faith. <laughs> She's the faith czar. Yeah, right. Biden put her in charge of faith. Oh, my gosh. Who would the faith czar be for Biden? I don't know who that would be. Robert Robert Reich? <laughs> I mean, I seriously don't know uh, who was, that would be. I was going to say Jim Jones. Yeah, was... <laughs> well, I don't know who that would be. Yeah, um, you know, it's but but this is exactly what you get. If you don't value the life from the beginning, then you don't value the life of an adult. And that's sad. That's tragic. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, there is Canadian disabled woman ops for euthanasia because she can't get timely assistance. Mm. Wesley Smith National Review had it and leads with so much compassion. Yeah. A disabled woman named Rose Finley in Canada is asked to be euthanized because she is destitute and the disability benefits she applied for would not arrive in time for her to be properly housed and cared for. From a, that, And they got it from a CBC story. Uh, she's applied for medical assistance in dying, saying it's easier to access 
than support services she needs to live her life comfortably. Single mother of three boys previously supported her family with earnings from a disability advocacy work through her company, Inclusive Solutions. That's how she could afford to hire her own support workers, but with no other way to earn income now. But a year ago, her care workers moved on to other jobs, and her health began to decline. With no other way to earn an income, she applied for the Ontario Disability Support Program and says she was told by a representative over the phone that it would take at least six to eight months to have her application approved. But in order to uh, uh, get, uh, you know, be able to commit euthanasia, it was a uh, approval period of only 90 days. Wow. So the bureaucracy is... That's so backwards. That's so I know, I know. unbelievably like tragic. And over what? and over again, the left demonstrating that they, they really don't. They don't value life. No, we've said this. And the argument, when you say that, the argument comes back, oh, no, we do. That's why we promote euthanasia. <laughs> we've heard it before. Well, look, Robert Reich had no problem telling that audience in Berkeley. They got applause that, for that it. if you're going to be honest about our health care system, so we, you know, and it, which would have been a nationalized health care system. Yeah. His national health, nationalized health care system is that uh, young people are going to have to pay a lot more mm-hmm. and old people, we're going to have to let you die. Yeah. And he got I mean, applauded for it. He got applauded. He got more applause for saying <laughs> we're going to have to let people die. Mm-hmm. He got more applause than when he said young people are going to have to pay more. Yeah. Young people didn't like to hear that. No. Oh. Smattering of applause. You mean we can pay less if, Wait, if more old people die? Well, you know, I'm not old. Yeah. Now, Robert Reich, that was 2007, I believe. He said that. Uh, I believe it was. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. he's uh, he's 16 years older now. <laughs> he looked old back then. I haven't heard, I'll say this, I haven't heard him promote that same idea lately. Well, I just wonder that when you get, if you're promoting those ideas when you're in your 50s, do you promote those ideas when you might be near near 80? Probably not. You probably get pretty quiet about it. <laughs> and hope that everybody that heard you say it earlier <laughs> forgets that they heard you say it. Shh. Yeah. I didn't say that. Yeah, no, I don't, that's I don't, why that's why the I young do. people, when they said old people were going to let you go home so you can die. Well, the young people in the crowd at Berkeley were applauding. Yay, because we're never going to get old. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. Robert Reich get some disease and the, yeah. the opposition. No, don't give him medical treatment. Right. Let him die. He said right. that's he's the one that promoted that. What are you doing? Right. right. Going to walk the walk or not? It's easy to say when you believe it doesn't apply to you. And that's the difference. Is that whether you're somebody in government or somebody who's super wealthy, you you can say that out loud because it doesn't apply to you. Yeah, it doesn't apply to you, right? 
We're talking about the common folk. Well, it applies, you know, to the peons whose lives really don't matter. Yeah. You know. I live on a high horse. You know, you're an old peon. Your life really doesn't matter. Yeah. Off with your head. Exactly. Or just out with your medical care. Out with your medical care. Well, I just, well, yeah, but off with your head sounded better. Yeah. That sounded more crude. Your grandmother can just (laughs) take an aspirin. She doesn't need that expensive surgery. I know that it actually extended her life, but come on. Give her a placebo. Why, why didn't he follow through with that with something like, yeah, but what kind of life did she really have? Oh, I mean, really. I mean, was Ob- she popular? You mean Obama? No, Yeah, when it was yeah. in the town hall meeting. Well, you know, the funny thing is, it re- I, I really relate to it now with my father being 97. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If somebody came in, come on, he's lived his life. Let him die. Right. Right. His mind is great. Right. He gets around. He enjoys life. We enjoy him. Exactly. And nah, nah, he's out. You, he's outlived his usefulness. Get rid of him. Let the government decide. Let the go. Yeah, I'm gonna we're going to take your kids, and we're going to also decide when <laughs> your parents get to go. Well, might get a little pushback from the family. Yep. Sorry, Mister McNamara's got to go. He's reached that age. Mm-hmm. What was the movie? Was it thirty? That the what was the one movie that remember you were you they, you died at thirty. Hmm. I don't remember. Oh, yeah, the late 60s movie. I can't think of the name oh. of that. Yeah. 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 It was a required that you die. They filmed part of it in Fort Worth at the the water the water place in downtown. Oh, um, Logan's Run? Logan's Run. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So that's when you died by 30. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. One guy didn't want to. <laughs> right. It's, all we've done is extend it. Happy birthday to you. They start singing. It's like, <laughs> oh, crap. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I have never had a birthday. <laughs> yeah. The Chili's waitress is like, I'm sorry, you got to go. 86690 red eye. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on speed and space management. When driving, you need to manage the space around your vehicle so that there's enough space to allow you to adjust when traffic conditions change. The space ahead of your vehicle is the most important and one of the easiest to monitor and adjust as needed. One rule of thumb is to allow at least one second for each 10 feet of vehicle length at speeds below 40 miles per hour. At greater speeds, add an additional second. It's impossible to keep other drivers from tailgating you, but there are some things you can do to make it safer, such as increasing your following distance, avoiding quick lane changes, and slowing down. There are also several things you should do to ensure that there is plenty of space between the side of your vehicle and other vehicles. Don't hug the center line, avoid hugging the right side of the road, and avoid traveling alongside other vehicles in strong winds, especially crosswinds. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. New poll out, nearly half of Californians are considering moving out of the state. Wow. 866-90-RED-EYE.
You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. So I just saw this headline here. This uh, combines football uh, and golf. All right. Uh, Buffalo Bills' Jordan Poyer cancels celebrity charity golf tournament because it was at a Trump golf course. Trump National Doral was to host Poyer's event. Um, hmm. We would like to inform the general public and media outlets that the Jordan Poyer Celebrity Tournament scheduled to take place on July 10th has been rescheduled for next year. The tournament is a charitable initiative that Jordan has been working on for the past six months. Our main goal was to raise funds for the uh, uh, Buffalo community. Uh, this year's event was being held at one of Jordan's favorite courses in South Florida, the Blue Monster at the Trump National in Doral, Florida. This is a PGA course where Tiger Woods won the Doral Open two years in a row back in 2005 and 2006. And remember, then they moved, PGA moved away from Trump golf courses. Right. Unfortunately, we were uh, sadly surprised by negative comments by some individuals to make this a political battle and continue the divide uh, in our community. We condemn any type of violence and stand by Jordan as he continues to make a positive impact on the uh, on uh, impact and be a role for the community. What I thought was interesting was what Poyer said specifically. They decided they didn't want to take part in my tournament, which in which they took part in last year because of where it's at. Trump National Doral in South Florida, Poyer said. Mm-hmm. ECMC, that's the Erie County Medical Center, decided that they no longer uh, could take the pressure from up top. Now, they're a big beneficiary. Just so you know, ECMC is where um, uh, is where I was back for a quick trip, and uh, that's where I had the shingles, and that's where I discovered I had type 2 diabetes. Oh. All right. Uh, ECMC decided they can no longer take the pressure from up tops from the people above them, and it probably has nothing to do with the Erie County Medical Center at all. Hmm. Here's he said here. I'm really thankful and blessed to have worked with the people that I've worked with at ECMC the past two years. I'm not naive. I understand where they are on the political spectrum, where New York is on the political spectrum. Uh-huh. Do I agree with a lot of it? No, I don't. I'm sorry, but I don't. I say the quiet part out loud a lot, and some of you don't like that. My bad. All right. But I still went on and put my ego aside and went to go help those who needed help or needed a laugh. Whoa. Hmm. (laughs) Doesn't seem like he's... I'm trying to think. Was it Poyer who said that? You know, because they just signed him to a new deal. And I believe he was one of the players that was talking about, well, if the Bills don't sign me, you know, Miami is an option. And I believe he mentioned state taxes. Well, I just, that just popped back into my head. Now, well, you think about it. If you're somebody, if 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 you're somebody who's going to sign, you know, and and, and I'm probably be like the NBA, something like that, would be twenty million dollars. Yeah, right. Think think about the difference between signing in Texas for twenty million dollars or signing in 
California for $20 million. Very clear. Absolutely very clear. Uh, you're, you're talking, you're because you're talking 13%. Yeah. So <laughs> you're talking $2.6 million. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're making less money, if you're making ten million, that's still one point three million. How long before you're all making... the professional teams want to move, or all the all right. the talent wants to move south? I mean, yeah. Texas, Florida. You're talking the difference in millions, and if not, then those high tax states, those teams, and organizations in those high tax states have to basically pony up more in order to accommodate for the tax laws. There's no way around that. Yeah, he did say it. He did say I found it. I'm so glad I don't live in the bubble of today and I have a memory. (laughs) Buffalo Bills player Jordan Poyer is the latest to slam New York taxes and said he'd love to go to a state that doesn't take half my money. Uh Uh-huh. <laughs> and then another one. Let me see here. Uh, okay, NFL free agent Jordan Poyer isn't a fan of states that take half my money. Uh, Poyer played in New York. No, he played in Buffalo uh, for the past six seasons, where state income tax are higher than most. Some probably think about it, but free agent star safety Jordan Poyer said it. Professional athletes are thinking about state taxes when thinking about where to play next in free agency. There's so much that goes into the free agent process, but the financials of new deals around the league are one of the main factors that entices a player to join a new squad. Of course, state taxes get involved when looking at the grand total on that game day check. Poyer has become one of the best safeties in the NFL. During his time with the Bills, he signed a four-year, $13 million deal and was given a two-year extension in 2021 worth $19.5 million. Uh, speaking of his on his podcast, this is back in March, Poyer discussed where he might go in free agency and said that state taxes are among the boxes to check off. I would like to go to a state that doesn't take half my money. Now, what he's talking about is the combination federal and state. Yeah, that's right. what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's a combination. Right. It's crazy to me how taxes work. Some people will say you're already making X amount of money. Taxes may play a big part in all of our uh, uh, lives. In New York State, Poyer is in a tax bracket uh, where he makes between five to twenty million. Tw- excuse me, between five million and twenty-five million annually. He is paying four hundred and fifty thousand plus ten point three percent on the amount over five million in taxes. You know, uh, Kevin Hart one time was talking about. What you do when when you hit it big, what you do with your money. And he started off, he said, okay, you're earning, a, all of a sudden you're earning a ton of money. Well, you got to remember, half of that's going to taxes. And he had people come back at him going, well, no, the tax rate isn't that high. It's not 50%. And then he pointed out that the combination of mm-hmm. federal and state income tax was not just half. It was over half. At that level. And then take, for example, uh, Social Security would stop and Medicare right. continues all the way up. So mm-hmm. you got to take that sure. out, too. And he said, so then 
your agent gets this and then this and this is what you're left with. And his advice is, you know, all right, then you take that and you split that in half and you put half away and you don't touch it. You invest it or you put it in savings, whatever you're going to do with it. But you put it away. He was basically giving advice. But people were pushing back on the tax level. And because I think most people don't think about that. If you don't live in one of those states, and certainly if you don't earn that kind of money, you don't learn it until the until you hit that point. And how many athletes and, you know, I mean, for Kevin Hart, uh, his rise happened over years. But, it, you know, in pop culture, it's rel- uh, relatively a fast rise to that level of income. You know, you and I were, remember when uh, Mickelson was made that comment that, you know, he might move from California because of the taxes. And remember, right. he oh, was yeah. just oh, eviscerated yeah. by the liberal media. And you and I said, but when you think of it that way, then when you think of it, if you make a, you know, 100 million, whatever, mm-hmm. and we just use that as a figure because of all the endorsements he has and all that, if he makes 100 million, and, and we just use that as a figure, so it might be 70 million, might be 60. I, I don't know what he makes now. He's right. lost all of his endorsements mm-hmm. since he signed with Liv, and so mm-hmm. I don't know what, you know, what the breakdown is of the pay that he gets for a period of what time. What he signed for, like two hundred million or something with them, but mm. he got off the top. Mm. So, but uh, when we said, let's say you make a hundred million every year, well, that's well, let's say we'll, we'll even we'll make it easy, fifty million, mm-hmm. and you pay, you know, uh, uh, the thirteen percent over tax rate. Uh, that means you're paying anywhere between six and a half and seven million dollars a year just in state taxes. Mm-hmm. multiply that times 10 and plus the interest that you could make if you invested that wisely. And you're talking about maybe $80, $90 million over that 10-year period. Right. So people just go, well, let's just throw away money for you guys. But it's not if you're trying to invest. Right. If you're trying to invest or as Mickelson, remember Mickelson at that time was trying to buy a piece of the San Diego Padres. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, why should you take that? If someplace doesn't take that money, why would I give it away? Right. Well, and the answer was because you live in California. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I can move to Florida. <laughs> and how dare you? <laughs> yes, and, and how dare you not willingly, you know, uh, give your money away. But it, it doesn't doesn't really matter whether people are envious and jealous. What matters yeah, is the yeah. real world. Yeah. And the real world, we see it in liberal states. They have created a a tax system where the top 1%, even in federal taxes, now most tougher to leave the country, but it's not tough to leave the state. Right. But when you see in many states, that's why Cuomo, when he became governor of New York, was against the millionaire's tax. Mm -hmm. He said, what you don't understand is we can't lose these millionaires to other places. We already have a high income tax. No, put another tax on top of it, another millionaire's tax. Go after the millionaires. And he just said, we're going to lose them. And if we lose yeah. them, they take up a huge portion of the state revenues. If they leave, then average people have to take up the cost. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And you see what it's gotten them. I mean, they have their budget, even though Florida is larger, their budget, state budget is twice what Florida's is. And they have yeah. fewer people. Right. So I just thought it was interesting because I just... The whole Jordan Porter thing with, uh, and I'm thinking to myself, hmm, 
the tax thing and this, there may be a little bit of conservative mindset in Jordan Poyer. Well, when you start earning that kind of money, you have to look at things differently. How can you not? Well, it's like the former governor of New York said, you know, sometimes you can't afford to be a liberal. Yes. (laughs) Right? You can say things and it it sounds nice. You can be a social liberal, then all of a sudden you realize, well, these days you can't even say that. Think about that. Well, I'm a fiscal conservative and social liberal. Nope. You're either all in or you aren't. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like a lot of people are into reparations since the amount came out. Well, the, remember, it's not about the money. <laughs> that's what Newsom wants you to believe. It's not about the money. Well, wait a minute. That's the reason you started it. You wanted it to be about the money. No, 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 it's not about the money. <laughs> Why are conservatives always talking about the money? <laughs> I don't know. Why are you always talking about the money? Why did you... Why did you uh advocate a program that is all about money. Right. That might be the one issue that forces him to primary against Biden. Let me just, has, <laughs> has there, <laughs> no, we've talked about that, though. Mm-hmm. I got to get out of the state before it crumbles. Exactly. <laughs> I got to get out. Has anybody done a poll yet on reparations with the specific amounts? Mm. That's what you need. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not the generic polls on reparations where 70 percent of Americans, but the specific cost and what it will cost your family. Yeah. No, I'd love to see the question should be asked, like, for example, the the one I forgot was San Francisco. Are you for the reparations in San Francisco for five million or whatever it was, Mm -hmm. whatever the first one was that will that will cost uh, each and every family six hundred and eighty thousand dollars? Yeah. Ask it that way. Ask the truth in a poll. Yeah. Not just a generic poll. Are you for reparations? Yeah, I think everybody ought to get a couple of hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. What if it costs you 680000 Yeah. The answer is a yeah. flat out no. Yeah. And you only ask people right. that will not receive reparations. Yeah, no, it's right. ask the people, right. ask have to everybody else. Right. It, right, because they're the only ones that are going to have to pay it. Right. People who get reparations don't have to pay for the reparations. Mm-hmm. That's part of the reparations. 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. Hey, it's Radio. Right He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Yeah, talking about uh, all of that and looking at California here. Seventy percent, uh, oh, no, excuse me, uh, over four in ten residents now say they are considering moving from California, according to a new poll conducted by research firm Strategies 360. The uh, survey published in partnership with the Los Angeles Times and a consortium of nonprofits showed that the financial concerns played the significant role in residents' decision to potentially move elsewhere. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, cost of living, 39% higher housing costs double. Yeah. National average. At some point you can't afford to stay. Yep.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.